Welcome to this special NBA Finals edition episode of the Bronxshire Basketball Show. I am your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 3 p.m. on Wednesday, the 7th of October. On today's show, of course, we'll be breaking down Game 4 that has just finished. This is the post Game four show. I'm stuffing it all up again, JL. <laughs> it sounded good um, for the most part. <laughs> um, it's going to be a great show. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board if you enter a player on either team. Decker's going to go. Oh, he falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell much to the right. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. This is our game four post-game show. How are you, JL? Things are always good with me, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I guess I might sound a bit more flat than two days ago because it was exciting that it seemed we had a bit of a series on our hands after the Heat took game three. But today, the Lakers, too good, 102 to Miami, 96. The Lakers now lead 3-1. What did you think about game four today? Um, It was a pretty good game, actually, overall. Um, Both teams could sort of go on their own little runs, but neither team could get away from each other pretty much the entirety of the game. I don't know what the largest lead was at all. Um, but it felt like it was pretty tight all the way through and the Lakers just sort of managed to get that six to 10 point lead and sort of keep that for the majority of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I didn't think it ever, it never felt like it got anywhere near like a 10 point lead for either team and it just kept kept being uh, lead changes back and forth. It felt like, this might be a weird analogy, but it felt like it was sort of humid. I know it is humid in Florida, but... It was humid in the room because it was tight. It was really, really close. I didn't feel like the quality was astronomically high or anything like that. I mean, there was big shots when they were needed to be hit, but I thought players like LeBron, AD and Jimmy were sort of a bit more meshing with the role players because of how, as I said, it sort of felt like there was a bit of a a pressure cooker sort of effect on on the... In the arena? In the arena. There there. we go. Look, I thought the same actually in terms of, for the, especially the first half, it was quite sloppy basketball. Um, and I don't mind seeing gritty defensive games. I know like the the NBA is trying to eliminate that and cater to the casual fan, but I love seeing those low scoring games where both teams are getting stop after stop. Um, and it's sort of a matter of who who can keep defending at a high quality level and try and get their offense going. Um so for me, the first half was great, but like, like you said, the stars really didn't have a. I mean, they they had an imprint on the game. Obviously, they were LeBron, Davis, and Butler were the three best players of the game, but it didn't feel like they were the ones doing everything like it has been in the past. Like Butler in the last game, for example, where he had one of the best finals games ever. 
it was like it felt more of a cohesive team effort tonight on both parts. Jimmy Butler had, as you said, one of the best finals individual games ever with that 40-point triple-double in Game 3, and that led the Heat to the win. And that's sort of the summary of what I thought the game was tonight. As you said, LeBron, AD, Butler were the best players, but those players, and especially noticeably Butler, didn't come out the same as Game 3. It was more a collective team effort from both sides, especially the Lakers. So, KCP, what do you think he did today? He's saved his best game for the, for the series when they needed it most, I suppose. Um, just from the get-go, he was aggressive. Um, some big point or some big buckets down the stretch there at the end from him. He did, did everything right. Uh, what did he have in the end? How many points? 15, was it? Yeah, 15 points to go with five assists, and that's what impressed me the most. He, the most. he was flicking the ball around, making the correct play, um, and once he started to get hot, surprisingly, the mind, well, not surprisingly, I suppose, because it's just basketball. When a player's hot, you work harder to defend them. Um, you just wouldn't expect to go into the series having Miami focus their defense on KCP at times. But when they did do that, he didn't panic, just made the right play over and over again, and was part of the reason the Lakers were able to get away there in the in the last quarter. Yeah, so KCP was nice, as you said, 15 points. A nice three of eight that I sound like a... a I listened back to that podcast the other day when I kept saying three of eight by Danny Green. I just got to come up with a name of whatever I'm calling the that The one under 500. Yeah, but I just wanted to say that when... You know how I'm trying to come up with a term for the one under 50%. One of four is also the one under 50%. <laughs> yeah. And one of four is not nice. So it's it's not exactly defined that way. I've got to sort of type up the definition and <laughs> send it to Oxford or something like that. <laughs> anyway, KCP, it was a story of the, the role players and the bench pieces and whatever else you want to call it. Marcus Morris didn't have a fantastic night, but I thought, again, he, he's been solid coming off the bench this series. Agreed. He he hit two threes. Kuzma hit two threes. Caruso, one of two. Corwell Pope, three of eight. Danny Green, two threes. And even LeBron and AD both hit two threes. The shooting of the Lakers wasn't some ridiculous night, but it was very nice. 14 threes from the Lakers compared to the explosive three-point shooting Miami Heat who only hit 11 threes. You take that if you're Frank Vogel. Definitely, and especially going into the playoffs, everyone was aware that the Lakers' biggest weakness was their three-point shooting. Um, and we have seen that throughout the playoffs, but then we have games like tonight where, yeah, they're not hot, they're not going to hit 20 threes like the Rockets might, but 14 threes at 36% is great in the playoffs, and you'll take that any day of the week. Let's uh, put the magnifying glass on a couple of the players. Anthony Davis, 42 minutes tonight, a bit different to his foul trouble game three. He put 22 points. He was a plus 17, if you want to take that. He yeah he hit, the, he hit only two or four from three, but it felt like those two threes were huge. They were timely, that's for sure. Yeah, it always feels like you hit more than two when you both your threes are big threes. Uh, nine rebounds, four blocks, notably. What do you think of AD today? Well, I think still, I mean, this is us being quite critical because we know what he can achieve and how good he actually is. But I think his stat line looks better than he actually was offensively tonight. He, I still felt like he was quite quiet there for long periods at a time. Yeah. Um didn't really attack 
the ring. He was settling, settling for jump shots, which, I mean, it's Anthony Davis. He's a good shooter, so that's not necessarily the worst option. But I just like to see him re- be really aggressive and try and get, you know, Bam in foul trouble or things like that. But defensively, I thought he was absolutely incredible. Um, to start the game, he took the challenge of, you know, of Butler, who had, as we said, a 40-point triple-double the other night. And Butler started hot. He had four, was five for five at the end of the first quarter. Um, but after that, Davis really locked in and did a very good job on Butler after that because, yeah, he finished with 22 points, eight of 17. So he finished with on three of 12 shooting, um, primarily defended by Davis. LeBron took him for a little bit, and obviously there's going to be switches and things like that. So um, there will be shots where he's defended by everyone else. But on the most part, I thought Davis was incredible on the defensive end. So um, can obviously improve offensively with 22 points. We know his ceiling's a lot greater than that, but I think he made the right play over and over again tonight and did the right thing. It was definitely more of a defensive uh, night for AD today. Uh, on, the, on the other side, and the big man, uh, Bam Adebayo made his return today. Dragic tried to warm up, but he couldn't get going. He's He's got a tear in that foot, so I don't think he will be able to play. Did you see the uh, footage of Dragic crying on the bench? No, I didn't see him. I'm like, the I'm like 90% crying, sure no. he was crying. He was, someone was talking to him and his face was all red and blotchy. His eyes were red. It looked like he'd been crying, but he's still laughing. Like He was doing everything he could to be out there for today's game and obviously just isn't feeling right. must be so frustrated because he's probably dreamt of this moment his whole career and here he is and he can't play. So feeling for him, but I just it, it goes to show how important this is for all the players. So hopefully we can see him back out there for game five. It's actually the worst thing you can imagine for a player. You always feel so sorry when grand final, final, finals, depending on what you call it in your sport, you get all the way there, especially if it's your first time like for Dragic and then you have to miss out after game one. It's it's truly shattering. But over to Bam, 33 minutes, a good effort from him tonight. He did struggle with a bit of foul trouble uh, here and there, but he was looking pretty deadly offensively sort of early as well. Same as Jimmy. I felt like Bam just, you know, put the foot down early. And then I guess there was some gradual buckets here and there, but only eight field goal attempts by the end of the game. Yeah, he was aggressive early on. He had one play, I think it was the end of the second quarter maybe, where the commentators were loving it and they were saying he was um, point at a bio and he got the ball and went left and took it all the way and just gave me flashbacks of game six against Boston. Um so I would have liked to see Miami get him going a bit more, but like we've spoken about so much, that injury, I'm assuming, is still bothering him. I don't think he'll be 100% yet. So maybe that's the most he can do. Maybe it was just the way the Lakers defended him. Um, so we can't really judge all that much, but I thought for the most part, when he had the ball in his hands, he was effective with it. Um, so fingers crossed again for game five, he's... Feeling a little bit better, uh, the Heat can get it to him a bit more because I think when he's playing at his best, he's the most damaging player on the Heat roster. He's been definitely their best player in the playoffs, Bam, and then Jimmy obviously had to step up in the finals without Adebayo and Dragic. But let's talk about Jimmy and LeBron, the two number one options, you'd say, or the number one ability guys. (laughs) Well, Well said. I mean, Bam has been amazing. It's hard with this Miami team to pick out the top player, but you'd say... They're the focal points of the offense. That's right. Jimmy is the main guy of the Heat. And, of course, LeBron is on any team. 
What did you think of their battle today and just how each of them performed individually? Well, I sort of spoke about Butler already, how he went five for five in the first quarter um, and then slowed right down. And that was frustrating to see because I thought when he's aggressive, he's at their best or at his best and Miami's at their best. Um, I wonder if part of it's through with spacing with Adebayo back because obviously Adebayo is not going to stretch the floor. So maybe it was a not a blessing in disguise because obviously the Heat have got a greater chance of winning with Adebayo. But when Butler's on the floor with Hero, Robinson, Crowder and Olenek, guys who are all deadly from three, that was what allowed Butler to get into the paint over and over again in game three. And that's why I dropped 40 points. So maybe they're going to have to try and stagger the minutes with Olenek a bit more just to allow Butler to capitalize on that. Um, because I think the Lakers, once once he got to that hot start and they were like, all right, Butler's going to try and carry them here. They did everything they could to get the ball out of his hands early. And I think that ultimately might've been what cost Miami the game. And you mentioned the clinic, uh, Kelly Olenek. I know he did play 12 minutes, obviously Bam's off minutes, you'd call them. I know he's not going to be automatically playing lots of minutes, but he did in the past few games, granted with Bam out, but he sort of, he forced more minutes to come his way with how well he performed. I mean, one of four, he didn't really get the chance to get going, but I said last part, I'd like for Bam to come back, but Olenek to still be part of it. And like you say, the spacing might have uh, negatively impacted Jimmy's driving and all that sort of stuff. So it would be nice if they can keep sort of persisting and maybe even have Bam and Olinik on at the same time to try and keep Olinik on the floor, get warm. They need as much help as they can off the bench. Uh, the clinic wasn't much of anything today. Let's go over to LeBron James. I thought that today he was he was good. He had his 28 points. He had his 12 rebounds and, of course, eight assists. Again, nearly a triple-double. But like I mentioned before, I felt that it was such a tight game and the big boys weren't that big of a force. And LeBron had some turnovers again today, six turnovers. He had eight in the last game when you said he actually only had combined of one in the first two games. He was good and he got it done. But as I mentioned before, he didn't really need to step up because of the the help that he received from the the role players. Well, I sort of thought almost the opposite where... The first half was such a scramble and no one could get going. In the second half, he had, in the first quarter alone, he had five turnovers. So from that point on, he's only turned the ball over once. He had 28 points, 20 of which came in the second half. Um, He finished with eight assists, but I reckon his teammates must have shot about eight for 30 on his passes. No one could get going when he was the one delivering the ball for some reason. Um, And I know you're a big movie guy. And this is one of the dumbest things I'm ever going to say, but it just, I can't not think it. So in the Incredibles syndrome there, the evil villain has this robot and it's called an Omnidroid if I'm right. And it learns more (laughs) whenever someone fights it. And that's what I reckon LeBron does. Like no matter what happens, he's just so, he's so intelligent with the game. First quarter, he realizes they're fronting the bigs and he's like, all right, I'm not going to try that anymore. And just <laughs> the whole game is learning. Um, and I just thought his second half was fantastic. His three balls started to fall. Um, in the fourth quarter alone, he had 11 points, five rebounds, two assists without turning the ball over. That's what you want from your superstar. And I think LeBron delivered tonight. 
I'm going to have to... Did you fact check if it's called the Omnidroid? I didn't. That's just my memory of Incredibles. It's a, it's a big circle. It's a big sphere with like uh, Doc Ock looking legs. Omnidroid. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, no. Omnidroid. Yeah, that's the one. I've got it right. It is? It is. Oh, well, I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I love that movie, but I don't know if I actually knew it was called an Omnidroid. Omnidroid anyway, uh, volume X9, whatever that means. So it was a ninth <laughs> interpretation because all the superheroes were defeating it and this was the best one yet and Mr. Incredible still managed to save the day. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I understand what you're saying. He definitely did sort of... He, he and AD made the big shots and they did what they needed to do to get them over the line. However, I felt that we're talking about pretty much the best team in the league all year, the Lakers. And they're sort of at their best or, you know, their full healthy best minus maybe Avery Bradley. I felt that if the Heat had Dragic and Tyler Hero was just a little bit better today and Alinek was a bit better and so on, that we might have actually seen a Heat win. And maybe that's because LeBron and AD didn't need to go that step further. But I did feel that... LeBron and AD, but especially LeBron was, wasn't was his absolute finals best today. You know what I'm saying? I do, but at the same time, like I think because we've had this Warriors dynasty over the last few years that everyone sort of imagines the champions to be a team that has almost no flaws. But if you go prior to that, every single team had a weakness and the whole matchup was just trying to exploit that. And going into the playoffs everyone's trying to they've tried to discredit the Lakers saying well, who's going to be their three-point shooter who's their third scorer and there's been so many narratives and it was you know when Portland won the first game was who's going to guard Lillard and McCullum then it was who's going to beat the small ball Rockets are going to take AD off the floor and I think it's just credit to the Lakers here is they don't have the perfect team there's going to be nights where they're not playing as well as a as previous champions have, if that makes, does that make sense? Yeah. no. Like, so there's always does. going to be games where they're the better team, but the, the opposition. So Miami tonight, who still played quite well, like they shot pretty well overall, made 11 threes, got to the line a lot um, and had seven offensive rebounds and caused what, 15 turnovers. So that's a pretty, you'll take that for most playoff teams. Like there's going to be nights, no matter what, where they're going to have these runs. And I think the fact that, LeBron was able to close them out despite never really taking over the game, not finding his groove until the fourth quarter. Just shows how well he played, if that makes sense. Definitely. The Golden State point is a good point, I guess. I'm just a bit used to when I'm expecting talking about the best team in the league and the finals, the championship favorite, I guess I'm just expecting what we've seen for the last four years for a team like Golden State yeah. to have nearly no flaws. But anyway, LeBron and AD did what they needed to do. It, it's just a shame. Like and I'll say that word so many times in my sport talk back. It's, it's a shame when things like, you know, the Dragic injury, I would love to see what Dragic on the court and Jimmy being more aggressive today could have pulled out. It felt at times that if Jimmy put the, foot on the gas and just went berserk, even with the spacing issues with Bam, that maybe they could have snuck this game and made it 2-2. Two, two. 
And unfortunately, now it's the inevitable 3-1. But let's move on. How did you think both teams went defensively? I know that we mentioned Bam being back on made it easier for the Lakers to sort of sit back a bit on, on Jimmy and, and clog the pain a bit more because of Bam being there. What do you think? Well, that's pretty much it summed up. Uh, both teams played quite similarly defensively because they've got these two players that are the focal points of the offense in LeBron and Jimmy, and they're quite similar in terms of they both want to get to the basket rather than shoot from outside. So both teams, I mean, the Lakers haven't played zone at all during these playoffs, so they weren't going to go to the zone. Miami went away from the zone, went back to man, um, and rather than switching everything, they went underneath the screens, allowed both Jimmy and LeBron to take these threes if they wanted to, and were willing to give up an an outside shot rather than letting him to get to the line or get to the bucket. So nothing really stood out to me is what I'm trying to say, I suppose. Um, they didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Um, I did think, however, that the Heat did a good job in terms of there was one instance where LeBron actually hit the three, um, but Tyler Hero came out and hedged the screen. So LeBron had to stop, which allowed Butler to catch up and then Hero went back down to um, the role man. LeBron ended up hitting the three, but it was good in terms of it didn't allow LeBron to get any movement going towards the basket. He had to stop and then settle for the three. Um, LeBron finished two of five for three. Well, that's 40%. You'll take that any day. And he did hit that one after the whistle. So it could have been three of six. But if you're forcing LeBron into threes, you're winning that matchup in terms of you're doing the best you can to deny LeBron scoring because that's where you want him shooting is outside. Jimmy Butler and LeBron, as you said, they're both... Similar, especially we saw today and Jeff Van Gundy was going on on about, you know, if they're going to keep um, going under on the screens, these defenders, then Jimmy has to shoot. LeBron does shoot. He will shoot. Jimmy does. It's so hard to call, but Jimmy does, but like very rarely. And there was one three in the corner that Jimmy took and there was like just over two minutes or three minutes left and I thought oh no and he missed basically and then if he makes that shot it's like big and it's like wow okay Jimmy hits a three here we go but when you miss that shot it gives me the privilege as the media (laughs) yep we are to criticize him from behind the microphone and say that was a poor choice of shot like Jimmy doesn't shoot it because he doesn't love it and he's not a a great shooter overall he shoots at 25% from three I think this year and this is one of the the separations, not only in their abilities, but I guess tonight, LeBron, as you said, made the two of five and they were big threes. Like they felt like like ADs. They felt like they, they hurt you more when LeBron makes them. And, and Jimmy just shouldn't have shot, I thought, those three. They were three wasted possessions and one of them definitely came at a crucial time. And especially on that last Butler three that you're talking about, LeBron got the rebound, pushed it and passed it to KCP in the corner. And he yep. hit a three. So it was a six-point swing there. Yeah. Um, and that was part of LeBron's run as well, where in the last quarter it was tied 83 all. And he scored the Lakers' next seven points and then assisted their next five. And that was in a game where it's so close, as soon as you let a player just run the show like that, it was that was pretty much it. There was no coming back for Miami after that point. Um, and that's when you sort of want... Miami to slow it down. You didn't need Butler taking that three. If he got inside like he was all night, and then like we've been talking about the last two games, he gets inside and is looking to pass. If he was able to get that quick first step that he's got 
get two feet in the paint and pump fake and go up. He's getting to the free throw line. And then there's two points and just slow the game down a bit, take the momentum away from the Lakers. And I thought that would have been important, but obviously it just didn't happen for Miami tonight. So to wrap up, let's just go over to the NBA uh, Finals MVP watch. It's pretty simple what it looks like right now. LBJ? Can't deny it. He's averaging, what, more points, rebounds, and assists than Davis now. So um, I think Davis is out of contention. The only way that someone else is winning it in my mind if, is if Miami come back from 3-1 down and then it's Butler's to win. But I don't see that happening, and I think LeBron takes the trophy. And is our... Before these finals began, you and I both had the exact same predictions. Uh, Lakers 4-1, LeBron finals MVP. Is that coming true on Saturday Australian time, Friday US time, of the Lakers winning game five and wrapping this up 4-1? I mean, and I've, I'll keep saying anything's possible, but I'm going to take the Lakers for game five. I think LeBron is the perfect closer. He's incredible at closing out series. I don't know, actually know what his statistics are, but when he's got a team down, you know, facing elimination, it's so rare he ever gives up a lead. So I think he'll be pushing for it. And I think the Lakers will take out game five pretty convincingly. So there is a two-day break now. That's the way that finals are always structured. So not tomorrow, not the day after, but the day after that is when the next game will be. As I just said, it will be Saturday Australian time, our time and US Friday night. Let's wrap things up here, JL. I guess I'll talk to you on Saturday. Looking forward to it, mate. Thanks for listening to this special edition episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also, if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review or a five-star rating. Also, press subscribe or follow or whatever the button is on your podcast app. We will talk to you next time.